That's why. <laughs> oh, I just had to flip uh, the on switch there. Yeah. Now you guys, you guys always catch me after a shower. So that's why I got just scrub hair. I don't put fucking gel in my hair to go to bed. Oh, you dressed up for your, uh, I think it looks kind of, I think it looks kind of cool. I think what were you in front <laughs> of 150 <laughs> people and kids dressed in like a long sleeve in a hoodie. Shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's no rules in the COVID. Everybody working from home. Um, so what's up, honestly, boys? dude, didn't even cross my mind. No one cares. How was the weekend? Not much, man. It was good. It was a tasty it was weekend. Did you guys get together at all? What did we? Oh yeah, we Saturday we did some March Madness. Ooh, nice. By March Madness, I think we watched a half of one game. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't watch much. We mainly just uh, drank some yeah. beers and ate some good food. And had some down cake for dinner. Went to um. No, uh, I, I drove just drove down to Providence for the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was watching some of the games. We uh, we went to Chomp. I think Jared's <laughs> mic's delayed. Yeah, are you, are you delayed? delayed. <laughs> Super delayed. <laughs> it, yeah, there, I think there is. Hold on. Is the, are the words matching up with my mouth? It's it is a slight slight delay. Try just xing out and coming back in. I don't know what in. to tell you. We need a producer. Okay. Um, did you yeah, watch any I, games, Ty? Yeah, yeah. I was watching a main, not really this weekend as much, um, but I was watching a lot yesterday. Not a lot of great games. Well, yesterday, no, not not as many, but like, like Friday and Saturday, even Sunday, all had their share of like crazy upsets. I think I, I saw today that they they categorize upsets in the NCAA tournament as like any team that's seated five spots below you. Yeah, if if you lose. There's they've already surpassed the second or it's now been like 11 or 12 upsets to this point, which is already more than any other tournament in recorded history. We're not even into the second weekend yet. So the ratings are going to be so down. Unfortunately, I I think you're right. I think you're right. Because like that first weekend, like obviously that's the big weekend. Everyone's into it regardless of who wins and who plays. But I mean, I mean, I don't have the matchups in front of me, but like, I don't know, Oregon, USC, a six and a seven. I mean, that doesn't, Oral Roberts is still alive. I mean, that, that, that can't, that, that only has enough buzz to get you, I think, through like the first weekend. But in the end, I think people still want to see the Blue Bloods. Yeah. You know, yeah and the star out. power. I feel like there's not really many big name, like guys no. who everybody's heard about all year. We're like, oh, I want to no. see this guy play. Yeah. yeah. Other than like, like Cade Cunningham from, uh, or like Oklahoma yeah, so State. I've never heard of that kid. Yeah. Same, same he's here. supposedly so, going to be the number one pick, most likely. So it, it normally, just goes to like, show. we know, or I should say, I at least know like one through five. Like, I'll know who they play for. You know, I've seen them at some point. Like, if, right. if you're getting drafted and, you know, number yeah, three, I would like, at least I've heard, heard of your name. name. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just pulled up the year. mock draft for 2021. I've not heard of any of the top five names. Is, <laughs> um, is Evan Mobley in there? Yeah, it's I, Kate okay. Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. Never heard of any of them. I know Suggs is on Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I think he's like a guard on Gonzaga. So somebody's slacking with their PR, considering there's no other sports on right now, and we're all pretty much trapped at home. You'd assume it'd be getting well. Great all ratings. the sports are down, despite us all being at home. Like the yeah, Super it's Bowl weird. is down. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't get it. You would think that, like, what the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah. But I don't know. I uh, I lost two bets this weekend. Nice. Bet bet on my my Sooners. They got trounced. So I was like, all right. Were they a favorite or an underdog? Underdog. Yeah, I only bet, like, underdogs just because of the odds. Um, Yeah, you got to get the payout. And then next game comes up. I'm like, all right, fuck yeah. Like, Abilene Christian, like, let's ride. And they got (laughs) trounced. By like yeah. they do the I there was a, so many s- images of like their five seven point guard next to like their like UCLA six eight two guard it just it just shows you that the difference between the blue bloods and the mid majors but um and shows you why you shouldn't throw money in a team when you've never watched them probably not more than literally a half a second in your life because like you said they were. They looked like a JV squad. They literally, yeah, <laughs> they did. And then they were able to ride that momentum with Texas for like a short period of time. But uh, eventually, you know, the, the bigger, faster, stronger has to come into play. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Loyola Chicago, who made Illinois look like a JV team the other day. Dude, Loyola, every year, man, Sister Mary or Sister Jean, whatever her name is, works her magic. You know, you know it's funny, though, alive. like we say every year, but like it's only been two tournaments. Like other than that. Really? Like I, I, I think it's 2018 and obviously there wasn't a tournament last year, but yeah, I, th- I think only two times they've actually been like notable, but it seems like they've been in this game forever. Um, the but, sister um, Jean is so memorable. Mary Jean she's 101 years is. old. Dude, it's insane. people were tweeting about the shit she's lived through. She was uh, alive or maybe born on a day that Babe Ruth hit a walk-off home run for the Red Sox. So she was alive before the fucking curse of the Bambino happened. She's a fucking witch, dude. She's there's definitely something going on. It's weird. But um, as far as betting went, I had like two successful bets out of like five. I had like four four total parlays between Friday and Monday, and I had one hit last night. I had a fourteen parlay, won like three hundred. So that was I was pumped there. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice, dude. Yeah. But I mean, had a good like, weekend. Yeah, and then I had Ohio beating Virginia, and Should I be I quiet. That. Emma, Emma can hear you. You don't want to. You want to keep those winnings under your hat. Yeah, it's just, I'm just taking it from the wedding funds. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, it's, I guess I mean I I don't know what I was thinking. Sunday I had an 18 parlay going, and guess what my first game was? Illinois covering, <laughs> and so it was just I was just devastated after that. That's but luckily, totally I was yeah. over. Quick. It's like at least yeah. give me like a little tease. So like, let me get a couple right. of, of the eights so that I can let me get to like, like I don't know three o'clock yeah. before like I hold. I know my fucking bets already over. I mean, but you know, you just gotta hit one. I hit my one, and I, I keep trying, but I just it does not get my my blood flowing like betting. I, I don't know. I just it's tough. It, it only mean, does when I win. When I lose, it just <laughs> makes me very sad. I guess yeah, you're right. I just lose is. so fucking much. It's same here. That's I'm why I don't down bet. The dumps. It's like going like, to Vegas. Fuck. I just lose every time. Yeah, I'm like I just casino, I just I watched two hours of bad basketball or probably three hours of bad basketball and lost sixty dollars. But again, yeah, paid sixty dollars to watch bad basketball. But to Jared's yeah. point, if if you if those bets were covering. Oh, I would have been fucking, It'd be fucking I, awesome. You're right. You're right. Like last night, I was I was at I was on cloud nine when I hit, saw all four of my bets hit. I was so pumped. I put another bet in tonight and some NBA games. I'm on a fucking roll. <laughs> That's right. This is, how they, this is how it starts. That's right. My, my strategy is very low parlays. I just take like crazy. I, like I bet like, I think my bet tonight is $17 
and it could it's win a like very one. specific number. <laughs> well, I, I had, I had 317 in my account. So I was like, that's a weird number. So I'm going to just bet 17 tonight gotcha. and then take a break. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. Did, did you, um, did you, I got, did, I got the Knicks covering the spread. I got, hold on, I'll have to get my bets up here. Like, so that, I guess that would be an example of what I was trying to say was like, I, I can, you're right in that if I was winning, if those games were going in my favor, I would have been fired up and excited. Oh, it's such, and, such a rush. But like, I'm not watching the Knicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Or, I'm not no watching, chance. The, I'm watching, I'm not the watching them quarters. either. Yeah, I got a uh, Denver money line. I got um, the under in the Lakers Pelicans game. I got the Knicks money line. And the sun's minus two. So yeah, like, so that's when I watch... you just wake up in the morning and exactly. check, check the status. That's why there's only seventeen dollars and ninety three cents on the bet because I don't really. If it hits, great. If not, seventeen bucks. I've uh, I've been throwing some more money around in the uh, the old stash app in the stock market. Rob is Rob's like borderline like obsessive with the stock market. So once I catch his ear about like one thing, he's like. All right, dude, this is a must buy. Like, here's a short squeeze oh, here. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He's I one of the like, GameStop guys. Oh, uh, he, he, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. And uh, people who are smart enough to figure out like short squeezes, calls, options, and make money, more power to them. I can't wrap my mind around that shit. Well, that's what I said. I'm like, dude, I'll ride your wave for a little bit. I'll throw some money around. Yeah. So I did it. And yeah. I think this, you, you, you must have to like literally 64%. You must have to stare at a screen all day long to be able to manage that shit. No, like what he does is like, for example, the thing he was telling me about was some like NFL themes resorts, Hall of Fame resorts, and they bought a sports gambling company and then they're uh, doing like NFL themed. Have you heard of those NFTs? Yeah. Yeah. We were I, talking I, about those a little bit on Saturday. It's a yeah, fucking some, scam. I, it's, yeah, it's one of the, it's another one of those things where I just it doesn't really make sense to me. But yeah, uh, there's, you know, it's it's almost a you know billion dollar market at this point, um, you know six hundred and eighty five million or something like that. When I saw it, um, would you ever pay money for like no? Because so, no, I'm gonna cut you it, off right like there. The, no, the money is for the collectors. <laughs> like, could you imagine spending thousands or millions of dollars, on even hundreds of dollars, on an image everybody can access from Google just so you can say? I own that image. <laughs> I own that image. <laughs> hey, and, and nobody's even going to believe you. Like, what do you even get? A fucking little word doc that says like, you are the non-fungible token owner of JPEG one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like nobody's yeah. going to believe you that you own that. I yeah, think uh, B- Big Cat was talking about how he bought like a JPEG of uh, Lou Dort. <laughs> so he just keeps stop bringing up how he like owns Lou Dorton and, and they just kept talking about all the other stuff that they bought. Yeah, it's absurd. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah so. I'll, I'll stick to index funds and I, I got into the I cut into the Bitcoin. Woohoo! I, I put some I not a lot, but um, you know, I've already lost some money, but I'm still what's, well, what's I'm Bitcoin gonna, at these days? Um just under 50, 50k. 55. Oh yeah. wow. Oh wow. So it's went down a little, it's went down a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a not long term for me, but it's like a I'm hanging on to that for like yeah, a year. Just, I, I invested I, actually more in Ethereum than I did Bitcoin, but um, like there's just enough data at this point where it's showing me that it's not going down. So right. we'll see. Did, yeah, I threw a little did, money in there, not not enough where I'm going to sweat it out. So I'll just see what happens. 
Did you guys see Crypto. the um, pr- promo yeah. Barstool did with giving out Bitcoins to different Barstool yeah, employees? Yeah, I did see that. that <laughs> That's pretty, pretty sick, dude. Yeah. So, like, I don't know exactly what they did, but some type of like draft or each Barstool employee picked a team, and then if their team won or something like that, they got a bit full Bitcoin. I think, yeah, I think uh, Rhea and Fran had uh, Oral Roberts. Yeah, I saw that. I so think, I think Tommy, did they win? They, they, three they people beat Florida. Won. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they're, they're three people got Bitcoins? Yeah, it was like Tommy Smokes and somebody, um, Rhea and Fran, and then one other person. I don't remember who. It wasn't Eddie, was it? No. No, I don't think no. so. Um, How nice would that be? Nice fucking just $55,000 Bitcoin deposited in your account. Right. Yeah, not only that, but again, you hang on to that thing, it's going to be worth, worth fucking a shit ton. Most likely, yeah. I mean, think about Someone, it. Dude. People were buying it when it was like worth a couple hundred dollars. Dude, people were buying it. It was worth cents. Like people used to buy <laughs> pizzas with Bitcoin. They'd be dude, like, yeah, you- like I'll trade you a, a half a Bitcoin for two large cheese pizzas. <laughs> and those were now like fucking $30,000 pizzas. Didn't to- Tommy had some uh, Bitcoin a few years yeah. back. He was I'm the sure first he's... person, one of the first people I knew who was like into it. Yeah. Um. I wish I had it on one of our older lists. Um, there's a fucking hysterical video of Portnoy talking about Bitcoin. And he's like, I, I don't even know what this is. Was it with it's the like, Winklevoss twins? No. He, he's like, um, yeah, he's like, I don't even know what this is. He's like, you tell me people mine for this on the internet? <laughs> what the what the hell are you talking about? He's like, what is it? Like that game? Like, like he was trying Minecraft. to think of what it was. He was trying to, he was thinking of Minecraft. And he's like, <laughs> I don't get it. It makes zero sense because I know I can't get enough of it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty Um, much be any person who tried to understand it. I don't even think the people that claim to understand it truly know what it is. I don't think they do at all. I don't think anybody understands what it is or how it has any value to make it worth $55,000. But if you throw like blockchain around and shit, you sound like you know what you're talking about. So I think that's all you need. Like Craig Tortolani, Ty? Craig Tortolani's right. job has literally been just talk about crypto for like five years, and he's convinced he's going to be a billionaire off of it one day. Well, I am a and Craig is not a smart I don't even guy. I know what a Bitcoin is. You like mine Bitcoins on the ground on the internet. You literally mine for them online. Like, and then one pops out of the internet like oil, like all of a sudden on the internet, like if you have enough power. At the time I did it, I had to put in this wild password. I got a little keychain. You had to hide the keychain. If you forget the keychain, it's like lost forever. So I really didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. I don't like- the Winklevoss turns out of. People yeah. say you can mine for it. I don't understand what you that means. You don't even worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Is that dumb? Yeah, you don't worry about that, man. Just invest. It's not worth, it's not worth. Just, just understand that you can find it. It's out there. Oh, Adam and so I are riding what the happens, wave. Absolutely. What happens when they run out of Bitcoin? Because isn't it like a finite amount that can be mined? I think so. Yeah. So yeah, then, the then what happens person. to it all? It just, <laughs> it just gets passed around from person to person. Uh, sure. In in the cyberspace. Like at least like because uh, Rob was explaining to me like Ethereum is the actual the actual blockchain t- blockchain technology. So I'm like, okay. That at least like makes sense to me as like something that can have value and grow in value as it becomes more part of, you know, uh, certain industries. But yeah, I like Bitcoin. No idea what it is. 
I'm that with you. Any sense to me? Makes no sense. They're like, yeah, you can use it to buy stuff. Okay, I'm gonna fucking what? Go go do the math of yeah. I'll use one sixty fifth of a bitcoin to buy this fucking pizza instead of just giving you my credit card. Nope, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, What's that old mantra like? You know, better like invest in what you know, but like no one who's investing in Bitcoin actually knows. So that kind of goes out the window. Um, so where do we start tonight? I don't know, man. It's been a day. Oh, it's been really? a day. It's been a day, dude. I have never been more angry with the elite establishment than today. Wow. I feel like you say that every is that other a real, Yeah, is that a real Jared emotion or is that just like a um, It's a little knee-jerk, but it's I got some underlying truth to it. Explain. Where do I begin? So <laughs> tell us. I, I guess I actually watched the thing on the financial crisis today before I watched the Crystal and Soccer yeah, video start about there. the vaccine. Start with which one? The financial crisis? Yeah. Yeah, I watched so that I, as well. So I, um, Matt Taibbi, one of our favorite independent journalists, was on Crystal Kylo and Friends this past week. And he just made like a couple passing comments about his favorite thing to cover was the financial crisis. And I've seen the big short. I've maybe seen like one or two other documentaries where they kind of explain at a very, very high level of what's going on. Um, so today I was like, oh, I'm just going to Google Matt Taibbi um, financial crisis and it brought up like a 40 minute clip from him on Rogan and he literally talked through like from him coming in as a journalist knowing nothing about finances in the financial industry to being one of the I guess one of the main reporters at the time to like actually get this right of what was going on mm -hmm. um, and he said like it started with him talking to like anybody he could talk to in banking Wall Street trying to figure out what the hell is going on nobody knew at the time and he said things finally clicked when one guy was like no man you're looking at it all wrong this isn't what what were the exact words used? You, you can't a, look at you can't look at this from like a finance standpoint. You have to look at it as like from crime, like a crime yeah, standpoint, a, or criminal a criminal investigation. Yeah, exactly. And, and then he just walks through from like step by step of how you know it started with subprime lending and just totally taking advantage of people and unqualified lenders and giving them mortgages. And then they realized, okay, we don't want to actually hold on to these mortgages. So we're going to lie, chop them up into Hamburg and then resell them as um, mortgage. -backed I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. Triple A, like the highest rated, yeah. even though they're people with no jobs, no income, et cetera. So they had that going on. And then they're at the same time, they're actually buying insurance that bets against these mortgage-backed <laughs> securities. They're yeah, they're literally right. gambling. Yeah. So so just like, I knew all of that at a pretty high level. They knew it was going to fail. Yep. And, and they were just trying to make as much money as they possibly could. Um, right. they, knew, and, they knew it was going to fail. They knew they were too big to not be bailed out. So they knew that they were never going to have to front the bill in the first place. So. They had no, no risk. Yeah. Like there was even a part where he was talking about he had access to emails from these banks, emails that are public now, and they had oh from Maryland, yeah, full yeah, targeted yeah, yeah. campaigns against black people, mm -hmm. where the emails were literally calling the mud people, and how we need to get more black people to sign subprime loans because they're easy prey, like easy prey. Fucking unbelievable! It's like that level of fraud. It was just absolutely mind blowing to like kind of hear how all that played out. 
how it was all just make as much money as possible with no regard for ethics or legality or humans or morals or anything. And then the second all the shit hit the fan, they knew that they had immunity. Mm -hmm. They got exactly what they asked for from Wall Street. No charges were prosecuted whatsoever. They were bailed out by the same people that they robbed with all the taxpayer dollars going to these people for nobody to ever be prosecuted. And however many years later, pretty much all those regulations that were put in place to control the banks have been already removed. And it's only yeah, been they're what, still 13 doing years. They're still yeah. doing it. Dude, you need so to watch. Just if, like, if that interests you and you're like just getting into that part of it, you need to watch. There's a documentary on PBS. It's four parts, so it's long. But I think it's called Money, Power, and Wall Street. And it literally starts from the very beginning. It like goes and interviews the people who developed this new product in terms of being able to chop up, you know, mortgages and, you know, rate them a certain way. And like, and initially really wasn't supposed to be malicious and really wasn't supposed to be that fraudulent from the very beginning. But they just said like, they were just, you know, young and entrepreneurial and trying to make as much money as possible. And it, and it just got in the hands of the wrong people and got completely right. flipped on his head. And, you know, it, it was entrenched in the entire uh, economic system of really the world, as we found out. And yeah. And just like, how, and like how you said, how sick not... is it that people bailed, like we bailed them out. They fucked yeah. the American people over and then we bailed them out. It's fucking like, insane. How did people not riot when that happened, when I this bailout passed and nobody was held accountable? Dude, I'm I don't asking think people really same... knew what was going well, on. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head, Jared. I, I don't think enough people knew enough to be as pissed off as people are now with it, now that all these different Maybe documentaries and stories. Well, th- what you're describing about people back then is exactly how I feel now about what we're going to talk about next. And yeah. the reason why it's not being talked about is because you're right. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody yeah. knows what's going on in regards to this vaccine and how these corporations are handling it. And, and now knowing, I was, let, me, let me just say this, now yeah. knowing what we know now about the media and how they work and who has their special interest at heart. Like we know going back, even though we don't remember that there's no way the media actually covered this unbiasedly, the financial crisis back in the day actually showing what was going on and painting the narrative that these people or these banks were ripping off America and getting away with it. There's no way. I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, I, like, right? I don't really know, you know, cause a lot of the stuff we talk about now, it, we, we, we see clear ties between the government and big media institutions. Like, I don't know. We, we don't know like what the tie was that would have kept, you know, the mainstream media from not being outright and forthright about it but i would have assumed I mean, it'd be this the same tie to the democratic party because it was obama who did the bailouts right yeah, yeah but 2009 that, so yeah would i don't know would that really be a reason to want to cover up what actually happened like that that's really not a bad look like they kind of had to be bailed out right i mean as much as it yeah it was a necessary a horrible thing like if those banks failed then we wouldn't have an economy anymore like Global. So that, that that's what I would love to get like a real answer. Like I've heard all those anecdotes. Like, would it literally be like if those banks failed, you'd lose all the money you had in those banks? 
Yes, because they don't have it anymore. They can't give it to you. There's nothing to give you. Which is so, it's so. Which is pretty up. much what happened with the Great Depression. It's kind of it's not exactly the same thing, obviously, but it's very similar. You know, that money was just gone, and that if was my, it. If like you only have insurance for the federal government day, up to like a I will little go bit. to jail for murder. Yeah. What do you say, Mo? Said so if my money's gone one day, I will literally go to jail for murder. <laughs> if just I wake up and my money's gone because these banks are greedy. Well, dude, that, 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 made, that made me think, and I was as I was watching um, Taibbi on, on Rogan, it made me think, because like obviously 2007 to 2009, the, you know, the, the period of the Great Recession, we were towards the end of high school, obviously yeah. having no real idea what was going on. Nah. My, my only memory was like people getting laid off. Yes. Like I remember yeah. like that was about like, it. You know, un- unemployment was like over 10%. And it was like yeah five percent like a year ago. So like I, I I noticed that stuff. I noticed like gas prices and stuff like that. But I wasn't really privy to what was going on. So I would have I would loved and I don't think I've ever really talked about it like with my dad. But I would love to know yeah. like what the hell was going through his head or like any of our dads has or, or anyone that was around during that time that had money in the stock market and four hundred one ks and retirement and all that stuff. What they were thinking. You know, I mean, while this was like everyone got smoked. Like if you yeah. had money in the market, yeah. like right, it's down forty percent. It was just like it was in March of last year, but it like, took two years to bounce back. Right, Instead right, right. Two exactly. months. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because like you, and, and I, yeah, I, you look back at your investment returns and stuff like that. I mean, mine literally went like this, just a flat boom into the negatives, yeah. and Our then a skyrocket like, back up. Yeah, you're right. It, it did yeah. come back up, obviously, and rebound much, much quicker. Um, but yeah. I saw a crazy st- stock market stat. But speaking of what you were saying, Ty, like how it plummets, and then Jared, you said it comes back up. I saw that um, the stock market has reached an all-time high. It, it reaches an all-time high pretty much like every 15 or so days. And it's I believe it. And it's been and that's it's been that way since like 1950. Or something like that, which I just so I think I forgot what it said. It's like uh, some percentage of trading days, but like still, like every fifteen days, it's up new new high for the the Nasdaq S and P and all that. It just it's crazy how like eventually, and, and like Taibi was talking about it with Rogan and and he, uh, Matt stopped talking at one point. Is like I look like I'm freaking you out with what I'm telling you. And Rogan's face is just like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm fucking yeah. like, dude, like you gotta, you gotta stop talking about this just cause like eventually, you know, for every high, like you said, there's a, a massive low. And I guess that's like the, what is it? The, the reverse head and shoulders theory. Like that's a healthy market is, is supposed yeah, they to said do every that. 10, 10 to 12 years. There's a recession normally. Exactly. But like, at what point is like, is it going to drop that? I mean, like, I think the NASDAQ dropped <laughs> like knows, 800 man. points in like one day in like 2008 or whatever. The, the, the largest drop it's, that's ever been recorded. But it just, you wonder like, when is that next day going to be? And our, because people saw these signs happening. Like, pe- people can go back. Like, there, there's people that say, oh, I don't think they thought it would be at this scale, like in 2008, 2009. But it's well documented that people were like, this isn't looking good. And they're obviously yep. like ants in, in, uh, in that arena. Right, where as like, one mortgage fails, it's like splinters and it's like, yes, boom, yeah. it's in a all million those, different places. And then that falls out and then that yeah. falls out. And all of a the sudden, the terrible domino effect. It's so just like collapsed. all these people that had an idea of what was 
maybe going to happen. Obviously don't have the power or influence to change anything. So it was kind of like, or they were directly financially tied to those products. Sure. That too. Yeah. And then it's a lot easier for them to say four years ago, I knew it was going to happen and stuff, but still, I mean, it's scary. I mean, I was definitely kind of nervous listening to Taibi go into detail about it. You guys have to watch that PBS documentary. Have you Ty, Have yeah. you seen the Panic one on uh, HBO? No, I, I, I haven't watched it. I, I actually right after the Rogan clip that started playing, and um, I think it's yeah, it's HBO. It's just called Panic, and it's it's like an hour and a half special on the crisis. I'm assuming, but um, well, what's the name of the PBS one again? Money, Power, and, and Wall Street. Okay, yeah, like, it, it means it's super insane. interesting. Yeah, it's insane. It, it goes into yeah. like you know, exactly who like in Obama's administration. And because you, we remember, right. It was just as they were transitioning into the white house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally dude, like it was already on the election, January 20th. And I think the bailout was like a few weeks later, like it was close to uh, when he came into office. Yeah. Yeah. A a, a couple things to learn more about it for sure. A couple things that like really stood out to me there. So one was the, I guess the insurance product that killed AIG that they created. So like they pretty much like created this new category of insurance where you could take insurance on something that is not yours. So it would have been equivalent to you taking insurance on your neighbor's home or your neighbor's business. But that's what people were taking on these um, security backed mortgages or whatever they're called. Um, So AIG made a, gazillion dollars had no idea what they actually were creating and then all these things spoiled and like wait a second we have to pay out how much billion dollars they had no idea what they had created and it killed them because they're they're that, gone they're not a company anymore right yeah no they're, AIG. they're done um pretty sure and AIG dude was was massive like i remember seeing the aig logo on everything growing yeah up. like the lion and shit like in their commercials yeah. i remember watching that all the time so I thought I thought that was crazy. Um, Taibi mentioned it, and I saw it in another article that although they don't let you trade um, like the combination of security-backed mortgages anymore, they still let you do that for business loans. So banks still take business loans as soon as they get them. They sell them off just like they did. Right, like, uh, exactly. no, there's no way you can be predatory with a, a business loan. I'm sure, right? <laughs> And it was an article I read a week or so ago before we even got on this topic about like what's going to happen when all of these loans for these businesses that haven't made money in a year come up. Yeah. Do the banks have enough reserves? And hopefully they do because like if you read, they've been putting gazillions away for reserves for default loans. Um, But it could potentially be the exact same situation where you now have all these subprime business loans that they've sold as AAA that are not because of COVID and other things that are about to explode again. Like imagine if you were like a multi multi millionaire and you had like that much money in the banking system, I'd be fucking sweating my dick off, dude. (laughs) Even us not being millionaires, it's like, it's still scary to think like, what is the stock market right now? Other than just fucking hot air and bullshit that like we're putting all of our money into our 401ks, our investments, everything. Like, is there really anything concrete behind it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't know either. And another thing he brought up too, like, you know, Trump always was very quick to take the credit 
in his administration yeah. and take the credit for like the all-time highs in the stock market. But uh, Taibi, Taibi was saying like, you know, they have just as much control over the highs as they do on the lows. Or, or not control, and responsibility. Responsibility, responsibility sorry. Least, responsibility. Yeah. So like, you know, when it's an all-time low, you don't hear peep, uh, you know, from anyone. Uh, or at least, yeah. you know, like, hey, like my bad or we, we, we need to fix this. It's obvious. And, but again, that's, I guess that kind of goes for, any administration not going to always point out their faults or if any yeah. faults, but, but, but I think a good segue to the vaccination topic is it just shows, man, the power of corporate greed you can never make enough money and you will do whatever it takes for these big institutions, banking, health insurance, insurance, pharma, oil, like all these industries will just make do anything it takes to make money. It's crazy. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question, but maybe we can save it to answer it after we're done talking about the vaccine topic, because I think it's important. OK, so a metaphorical like, question. Yeah, like I, I'm just wondering myself as we're talking about it, like. Do the people at the tops of these some of these corporations that we're talking about, are they bad? Does it make them bad people? Does the greed and the drive to be as successful as one could possibly be does that make you a bad person mm. if you don't want us to answer it just ponder it right for now well because i i, I do want to there's no sense answering it without talking about the the vaccine story right yeah. which is you know like i said i after watching this story i was like why are why isn't anybody talking about this right now? It's crazy, right? Like especially in today's like that's the first I had heard of it, dude. Right Same. in today's like hyper ultra digital society, like why on earth wouldn't everyone in this country? I mean, this is kind of a global story, but why would if there's going to be anything to get into the streets and march for? Don't you think it's a story like this? And that's exactly what I was thinking, dude. So after I watched it, I was like, you know what? All these fucking woke people and woke media, I care about the APs and the BIPOX and everything about everybody who's got something who's a little oppressed or facing issues, an actual issue like this, actually saving lives. That's why we doing love what's Crystal right Ball, for the world, but don't like doesn't even get acknowledged. Democrats. Yeah. Doesn't even get acknowledged. So they're just all full of shit, dude. Exactly. Exactly. It's all like we said, window dressing. It's yeah. like let me do let me do the the issues of social justice, right? And I'll stand up on my pedestal. The easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No Where, risk. You're not gonna get in trouble for doing it or saying it. In fact, you'll get applauded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right? And not not every not hero everything in my opinion. Yeah, is is you know some of it's controversial. But yeah, anyway. Um so you, you can set up the story, Jared. Uh, continue. But yeah, like, like I was saying, it, it's one of those things where I was like floored listening to this. And I'm like, I cannot fucking believe that just the American people just, you know, eh, whatever. Like, what are we going to do? But but they'll they'll yeah. take a vehement stance on like stuff like social justice. It's like, why would this be any less important? Like this is drastically more impactful than 
anything we've talked about over the last year, in my opinion. Yeah, a, a vehement stance on transgendered sports in high school and allowing that because yeah. that's more important. Yeah. So, so, so I thought Crystal teed it up really, really well. Um, so talking about the vaccine and she started going into the numbers of what percentage of the current vaccines are going to what parts of the world. And I think she said it was either 80 or 90% is going to predominantly Europe and North America, middle and high income countries. Um, and, you know, I think everybody would probably say, okay, we have limited vaccine availability. Of course, we care most about us and our families and protecting them. And she didn't say this, but I thought this. Um, you could almost go as far as to say, you know, it's sad, but it's dog eat dog world. We have the resources. Yeah. We've, we have the, the pull, the leverage. These right. are our companies. Which is what I personally felt like, right? It was like, yeah. hey, do I wish everyone in the world could yeah. get one right now? Yes. That'd do be I understand the, the rules of, you know, market and global economy and <laughs> Like how that works. Yeah. So like, I'm glad that I live in America, but yeah, exactly. Um, So she kind of of frames it up as, you know, the the one open question and what people aren't really talking about is the longer these other countries go without getting vaccinated, the higher the chance of more and more um, variants, they call them, right? Where you have mutated virus that's going to potentially need to more rounds of vaccines, booster shots, et cetera. Okay, logic kind of checks out with everybody. We can all get behind, you know, the moral side of let's get these other people vaccinated as well. We want less variants, but we have limited inventory. And then she introduces the shareholder call from Pfizer, uh, where they're talking about, and she she says this and then puts the video on. So the this entire idea of the limited inventory for this vaccines and limited availability and production is 100% self-constructed by the pharma companies to protect their intellectual property. So they are not allowing anybody else to produce this, despite the fact that all of the um, R&D over the last year was government-funded and backstopped. So these had a full risk immunity. Government paid for all the R&D to develop this, and the government is paying for every single dose of vaccine. We pretty much gave them blank PO for as many vaccines as we can get. So you, you could, without knowing that, you could say, okay, well, I get it. They deserve to protect their intellectual property. They took the risk. They developed this. They were the brains behind it. But when you think about those three things, you realize this is 100% so they can make as much money as possible mm-hmm. with this. And then they show the Pfizer call where he says our key strategy as we switch from a pandemic to an endemic, and I didn't know what that word meant, but is an endemic to is go like the from, flu, I think, right? Something that's like, yeah, I think you're right around, but it's not like killing people, you know what I mean? Like crazy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. As we expect market conditions to stabilize to the point where we can market multiple additional rounds of a COVID vaccine, booster shots and treatments. As a key part of their growth strategy. Yep, and increased prices as a key part of their growth strategy. Because that's what they said. They said, with the market being in this pandemic state, we can't really raise prices, right? Morally. (laughs) Fucking morally during the pandemic, we can't. But as soon as we cross over... I'm sure our government is paying a pretty penny per dose as it is. Yeah, as soon as... Basically, what they're saying is, as soon as we decide that it's not a pandemic, it's an endemic then we're able to 
increased costs, increased margins, increased profits on a yep. life-saving vaccine in, <laughs> in some cases. And that we paid they, for. Yeah. That we yeah. paid for. That's the part Taxpayers. that blew my motherfucking mind. Yep. So we Taxpayers paid, paid to develop it, backstop right. it, and for the actual vaccines themselves. There is no risk at all from the pharma companies. For them to so, then turn around and fuck us over. Sounds a lot like 2008. My asshole is fucking throbbing here in these stories right now. <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Like, and I, I, I shouldn't be shocked, right? Because it's like, it is some of the stuff we talked about where, you know, corporate greed is, you know, manifesting itself in, in a lot of different right. ways. And, you know, um, especially in healthcare, you know, where I think it's egregious. It's like you, you hear a story like this and you're like, this can't be like that. Sh- the fact that that shareholder call was presented, <laughs> right? Because like that, that just really drove home her entire point because she ranted it, for about five minutes. Yeah. And it's like, I love you, Crystal, but like, I need something here. Like, yeah, like, show us a, a press release, something. Exactly. And then you have the guy on the phone with Barclays, I'm sure one of their biggest investors saying, oh, don't you worry. We are going to jack up these prices, baby. As soon as summer comes, profit central. And then not to mention, like we, like we said, we're holding on to this IP and not allowing people to replicate it and produce it elsewhere because it's ours and, and we want the money. Yep. And, and the US and Europe are actively blocking the World Trade Organization from stepping in and stopping that. How fucked up is that? I think that, that might be the most fucked up dude, part. Yeah. Like I, I was like sitting there being like, oh my God. Like this is one this is one of the most corrupt things I've ever heard. This is a fucking for for some people a life saving vaccine. Yeah, this is for profit healthcare at uh on full display right now. You know, it's it's disgusting. What's worse? This or 08? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think of lives toll, man, probably this. E- e- economic toll, it'd be interesting to see the two of them next to each other. I think 08 impacted the market and the financial industry much more. But I mean, dude, we're so hot, oblivious hot to like how... I'm not, not trying to make a hot take. <laughs> Um, we're, we're so oblivious to how much like real working class families are hurting right now. Yeah. That shit doesn't get publicized. Right. But it was very publicized when everybody's 401k and investments are down 40%. Mm. Yep. So I think it'd be very interesting to see what's the economic toll of the two next to each other. Well, we'll just have to wait three or four years for a documentary to come out (laughs) and then we can all educate ourselves. (laughs) We can make one. Would you guys... Would you guys believe, do you think this is so far-fetched that they are almost or are rooting for more variants by not more widely distributing the vaccine so they can continue to make booster shots and make that a full massive market every year? Would would you put that past them? That kind of goes to my question. I wouldn't put that past them at all. Right. Are these people bad people? 
Yes. Who's these people? The executives? Yeah, we're talking about the people that were responsible responsible for the financial crisis and the people who are responsible for what's currently happening with the vaccine. I would say yes. I think they are bad people. I think the ones that you know aren't just like the executives who obviously have the final say in everything. Everyone else is just falling in line, and you know that that was where I was holding myself up. Yeah, which which again is not that's not excusable. Yeah, I'm talking about the people at the top. All right, well, the people giving these orders, they're shitty people because like that industry, the the healthcare industry at its core was. I founded whenever the whenever the fuck organized healthcare started. I'm sure there were most people involved that were there for the patients, for the people, for mankind. And now it's just taken the turn. I wouldn't say just taken the turn because it's, it's been like this for a long time. Because um, like you will both have both said, this isn't shocking. Mm-hmm. It gets shocking to read it, but then when you step step back and think, like, is this really the craziest thing we've ever heard? Probably not, because. It happens a lot, but they're just taking a, a full turn towards for profit in every aspect of every decision that they've made. So, yeah, yeah I would say the execs are shitty people. Yeah. And in this and particular our- case, like I think the unique point of all this development being funded by the people that they're fucking over is what makes it yeah, explode to over the top insane and 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 honestly like if if people wanted to march in the streets dude i'd shut my computer and go march in the streets (laughs) i I would i swear to god oh definitely maskless here um i I really would fact that that in this and in 08 our government bends over backwards to these elite establishments to give them exactly what they want at our cost time and time and time again yeah with no, no resistance. Yeah. So that brings me to my, my thing, my, my next point, right, is like, why is it that something this unbelievable, this fucked up, that affects everybody, why does this not get any attention? Why does nobody care about this or talk about this? The elite establishment, dude. Everybody's in bed together with the same interests. They all have a foot in the same pool. Nobody's going to piss in the pool, dude. So because mainstream media has their ties to politics in one way or another, you know, a lot of it's through access, but because they're tied together that way, that shields them from being able to be criticized. I would say when it comes down to things like this. In our simple understanding, yeah, I bet you in a more like if you were to go behind the scenes, I would almost put money on the fact that these massive media empires are totally in bed with the banking industry, right? And they have gazillions of dollars in bed with each other. And the banking industry has gazillions of dollars in bed with big pharma and healthcare. And all of these just kind of make this ecosystem of money flowing around the elites. And I think, you know, at a surface level, yeah, you're right. Why would the media who gets all this love from Democratic Party bash them? They're not going to. They're I'm not sure going to make them look bad. I'm sure there were also, like we but, talked about, 
like we talk about, I just wanted to bring this up. I'm not hearing about it on Fox, right? I'm not seeing clips on Twitter from Fox News analysts that are screaming from the hilltops about, can anyone believe what is happening right now? These so, so people I think that- dangling a vaccine that the American people paid for over the world's head to drive money into their pockets. I think that right there shows the battle of Democrat versus Republican is just a fucking distraction yeah. versus the elite versus everybody else. Right. It's yes, they may focus on the identity politics and Christian value families for the Republicans mm. and working class Americans for the Democrats. Mm. But at the end of the day, they all are probably have pretty close to the same special interests and making sure the Murdoch families, when they go to a party and see the CEO of Pfizer, you don't think Rupert Murdoch and the CEO of Pfizer are buddies? Guarantee you they've shared a drink together at some point. Yeah, that's why like Erica was, uh, I, I threw rising. I've been throwing up rising on the big screen uh, here and there. Um, and Erica turns around to me and she's like, what's an elite? <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> Oh man! During Halo, where do we start? Uh, yeah, no, you literally just read my mind. <laughs> uh, that, that's it. That's the, that's who we're talking about. Is right the heads the of, the of these institutions that are all intertwined. Well, remember we like we we heard from um from I always say his name wrong. Who Sager? So- Sager. <laughs> Sager. Sager even said it like when when him and, and Crystal were working at their respective big media conglomerates they all received that little sheet like a cheat sheet like i'm sure like with the democratic um talking points it's like all right really hit on these race politics talk about asian violence don't talk about this and then with fox news it's okay talk about how much we love the second amendment christian value (laughs) families don't talk about this i'm sure they they get a very similar printout and if they step out of line they're probably not going to be employed for much longer i mean like they're we, we've we've seen the you know what they've been exposed for a while yeah and so don't you think the uh what's going on at the border has exposed both parties for being complete yeah, frauds it's, too? Oh it's ridiculous man it's ridiculous <laughs> i mean we are literally a 180 i mean the we're, same we're, exact shit's happening and it's a 180 all of a sudden republicans are the ones now they're the they party probably the argue, now. you know, I'm all, yeah, we're only doing it just to bring up the hypocrisy, but still it's like you have Republican media now hyper-focused on this and democratic media saying, no, 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 Biden's trying to help. He's trying to be compassionate. He's trying to do all the right things. Here's all the evidence about how nice it is there. There isn't a crisis. It's like, what? They're the not fuck? cages there. You guys were the same people centers. telling us. Yeah. Like yeah. a year ago about how this was like the worst crime in, you know, humanity and AOC is crying, literally holding on to the border. Like, <laughs> Wait, she was crying. Yes, she took a photo, literally at the border, like bending over, crying. That's God. awesome. So yeah, I mean, but but why isn't she holding her party accountable? What <laughs> we'll the? Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, let the audience least, answer that. At, at least, uh, at least those. Um, the migrants are getting some TV. I don't know if you guys saw in the in the pictures. They got that little like ten inch tube in like the corner of each room, and all the little kids are huddled around it. I I don't know if I don't know if Trump gave them cable, but I guess that's a step up. Yeah, they could only watch Fox. <laughs> the, 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 number, the only thing, the number one news network as of right now. They've they've taken their their place at the top of the 
at the top of the ladder now that CNN's down like 45% viewership in the last five weeks. So yeah, that's another thing that we can. Kings go first. Kings first. Yeah. The other comment I was just going to make on the topic of elites and like power, right? So we've seen these two examples, the power of wall street, the power of pharma, and we'll say, you know, the healthcare industry, yeah, big pharma, yeah, big pharma, but who's got more power and more money than all of those companies now? Big tech. Oof. What type of power and influence do we think they actually have over political parties, man? It's probably just as much, if not more, which is scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, scary. Man, we, we've seen it play out over the last year. I mean, we, we know yep. what side they're on. It's not, not that hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, two, two stories, one for some reason we're bringing up that's 13 years old and another one that is, you know, happening currently. But I think, you know, it's interesting that we just, you happen to stumble across that. Cause I think the two parallel each other so well. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully this one doesn't end as poorly as the way financial crisis. Uh, each one we're getting. Dude, we're, we're talking about it right now and nothing's going to change. No, no, nothing is going to nope. change. Dude. If we didn't hear that from crystal, we would have, thought the exact same thoughts we talked about before that that soundbite that whole story will make a documentary five years from now where people are going to finally say wait they did what I that, that's what people will hear about this yeah yeah um hey it now, is that was uh, depressing yeah so let's move on to other so i'm gonna really... go cancel my fidelity account <laughs> put all my money under my mattress <laughs> um this is near and dear to Adam's heart, but we can, uh, we can, people can criticize the CDC now, just so we're aware. It is oh, good. welcomed in polite society. So teachers unions are not convinced of uh, social distancing uh, and the new CDC measures that say you only need three feet right now. And they are yeah. like outwardly and strongly pushing against the CDC's recommendations who we have been told is the gospel for this virus. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so the last couple of weeks we've seen a, a large influx of students coming in and we knew a few weeks before they started coming in, um, which was planned. I mean, this, this was supposed to happen mm. all of a sudden we get this memo, not a memo, I guess a mass wide email from central administration uh, talking about the new, protocols for the increased amount of students. I mean, we went from having like maybe 160 something students to like 450 in like a span of like a week, which mm. is great, which is great. That's, that's over half the population now. That's awesome. And, and the numbers are rising. I, I got two students this week that have joined my homeroom. So it's great. But the, the thing that everyone was wondering about, and you alluded to it, Ty, is that all of a sudden without any, you know, I, I hadn't seen this at all. Because we've been told six feet for 15, told six 15 feet minutes. for a year now. For a year. Until November. And November is when they changed it. So I, I honestly, it, it wasn't as widespread. Because I, I think we've been going based off of the Rhode Island Department of Health and not the CDC. So that's probably why I, I didn't okay. really notice it. But then eventually the you know Department of Health got on board with it. But all of a sudden it was three feet. So everyone started, you know, we're talking around, you know, in, in meetings and stuff. It's like, when the hell did this happen? Like, and then the, the wording of it. And I know that, um, I think 
Jared, I think we talked about it at one point this past weekend, how like the, the ruling was that when the kids are sitting down, they can be three feet apart. Obviously it fits the narrative of fitting more kids in the rooms, which again, I'm all for, I want them all to come back. I miss them. And I want my job to be normal again. Mm. But at the same time, the other part was you have to be six feet apart at any other point unless you're sitting down at a desk and then it's three feet. Well, did, what, you, you left out the part of they installed new desks that are antibacterial and they make sure that there's no germs going beyond well, three feet, right? I don't know what districts are doing that. <laughs> Certainly not Cranston. I'm, I'm lying. Yeah. I'm making it up. <laughs> I was just saying. I thought, wait, I was like, wait a minute. Are they holding out on us with the desks? And, and no, they didn't do anything. Adam's no. like, how the fuck does Jared have the inside track on this stuff? <laughs> Dude, it's not in my notes. You had me going there for a second. But no, like, yeah. So like, I think prior to the new influx of, of students coming in, I had like the amount of desks that, you know, matched the amount of students. I had like five desks in my room, which is so weird to like you guys envision, like, you know, we all remember our classrooms just packed yes. with desks. 20 Imagine desks a, in there. At least, dude, mostly 25 to 30. I had five for the, for the longest time. And then all wow. of a sudden, there's 20 desks in my room. Not spaced out that well. The kids are a lot closer to me. And again, I'm, I'm vaccinated at this point. It's been yeah. two weeks since then. I don't really care. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not really that I'm worried invincible. about it. <laughs> Literally, I can run through a fucking brick wall. And I wouldn't get COVID. It's perfect. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it, it's just this narrative to to get more kids in the school. I I, I know why they're doing that. I, I and I'm and I'm fine with it. But I can understand from like the the unions around the country's perspective. Me like, what science is there to back up that being three feet is just as safe as being while sitting while sitting. And then being six feet in any other scenario in a school, how that is supported or makes sense. So, and I would agree. I would say, right. How all of a sudden has this changed? However, the, you know that every single member of that teachers union or these teachers unions have like guaranteed were like, follow the CDC guidelines, trust the science you know, you can't do anything other than what the CDC says. And all of a sudden, when it's something they question, okay, now we're allowed to question it. Now we can say something. Now it's okay to push back. It's like, oh, it wasn't okay to push back when my fucking restaurant was closed and I couldn't have anyone in there. And they're enforcing all these arbitrary, you can only have 50 people in this location or 100 people in this location, 25% yeah. capacity, 33% capacity. Right. Nobody could question that. And all of a sudden now, it's cool. Now we can question the CDC, and it's widely accepted. Like it's widely I, that, accepted that thing. the that the teachers' unions are the only ones questioning it. Is that no is that widely accepted to just say I support these teachers? Oh, questioning well, the CDC guidelines. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't fully. I I don't understand what the science is behind it. So I I'm not. Have fully we ever on though? Board. Right. No, there's never been science used. No, in the last you're right year for any of these decisions. But I would, I would just love to hear like, you know, what the reason, like what made it so it could come, go from six. Cause like six, six yeah, feet was you. always, six feet was always the standard. They did. And you can't huck a loogie six it's, feet. It's been the standard since day one, since, since things started reopening. So 
Yeah, they, they said it that way. No one questioned it because, again, like you said, Ty, it's CDC. It's the fucking Bible. So, like, why they did all these studies. It? I mean, they reference. I'm looking at it right now. They have this uh, memo that came out, and I, I'm sorry, I said November. It was uh, like four days ago. It was March 19th. Yeah, yeah I was, I was, like, I was I saying it was that. November. I'm surprised I didn't hear it in November. I was saying very, <laughs> very recent. But anyway, they had been arguing three feet since November. I sure. guess. Like, yeah, there, there had been that. I going that I believe since November. Yeah. Yes. Um, but they did this whole science briefing like I, i'm not gonna fucking read it, it it's you know it's a thousand words i'm not reading it either um but like there were those same studies i'm sure referenced when they said six feet probably it, it, i think just, another that, thing uh, that i think another ahead. thing you're forgetting too though is a lot of these teachers the ones that are complaining the most are the ones that are most prone to the the worst parts of the virus. They're not all 29 year old atoms that are like, I don't give a yeah. fuck. I got the vaccine. So a lot of them are 50 now, and fat. Now, granted, right. And now, now granted the, the vaccine lately has been pretty easily accessible to teachers. I mean, we've had clinics in Cranston at several locations. I don't know what the numbers are, but I'd be willing to bet that easily 60, 70% of teachers in Cranston are, are either in the process of being fully vaccinated or already have been. I mean, what like what about the so, fat? What about the fat old lady that works at CVS or at Walmart or at any place that was deemed essential and had to stay open? What do you mean? Like they, they didn't get to, got... they didn't get to work from home. They didn't no. get to unionize and demand all these things. It's been a year. Like you need to fucking go to work if you're in that category. Well, I we've, guarantee you, we've been either get been vaccinated been or work. getting vaccinated. We've been at work, dude. Like, it wasn't like we we've been home all this time, and then all of a sudden now we're complaining about going. We've been go- we we've been going strong since September. Like, people are in people are in the classroom, dude. But I bet you, if I, not there's are you, a handful you of have teachers. Been. I'm sure. Yeah, there's, I bet I'm you sure there's, there's probably a lot teachers of, who. There's a vast majority of us that are in there. There are some that have like a 504 exemption where they like, which is, I think some of it's legitimate. I think others, it, like other cases, it's just like, it's kind of bullshit, which, yeah, you know, whatever. So I think there's certainly those... in place. Great. If yeah. you need one, get one. Yes. If not, like everyone, get the fuck back in school. Get right. And, and, and back in school. And like, we're certainly not like a Chicago where I, I don't, I haven't really been keeping up with what's going on with the teachers in Chicago, but like for the longest time, they were just refusing. They won't. Yeah. Like, they won't. Has that obviously, changed? like, I I'm sure you're right, attention. Adam. Like, I'm sure. Like it says on here, um, I think like 81% are doing some form of in-person learning, right? But like for those 20% of kids, like they're getting fucked over because of the teachers unions. I, 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 think, I think you're overestimating the reason behind why a lot of these kids are home. These kids aren't doing distance. Most I I can only speak from Cranston's perspective. Yeah. But the the kids that are at home have the choice to come in. They're not saying don't come in. You need to stay home and distance learn. That's the, what I'm saying to you, though. Now, I I think you're you're. I'm sure you're right, right? And that's probably the case for all these 81 percent who are doing some form of in person that you right. have the option. But I'm saying there is 20 percent out there that don't even have that option. That sure, there are there are some places, yeah, and certainly not to be distance learning, right? Like it's not Rhode Island, I can tell you that, but like there are places around the country. You're absolutely right. Where they, so that's what I'm talking about. It is like that twenty percent. That's still a lot of kids. 
That's a lot right, of kids. Exactly. Yeah. I, and, and, I, and it's just, even yeah. no, I, I and I I get that, and and it's 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 frustrating, and you know when when I see when when I've been going in every fucking day. And I see what's happening in like Chicago and other places. I'm sure it's not just Chicago. I know Chicago gets the most press. But when I see these teachers making fucking TikToks and all these <laughs> dumbass videos yeah, right. about like and, and, and then you have these kids at home who I'm sure some of them, obviously, I'm just I'll speak from the middle school perspective just because of the kids I have. I'm sure a lot of them are like, fuck, yeah, I don't have school. I think it's like an early right. summer break. But obviously, we know that they need to be in the building. Yeah. They need to be in front of a class, whether it's in front of a computer or in a desk. I know the computer is not ideal, but if they have if they can be getting some getting some form of education, it's it's good. And obviously, with COVID, we're have we're having to make a lot of, you know, exceptions and just we have to accept the fact that, you know, the education the kids are getting right now, the ones that are the ones that are actually going in, is not the best that they that that they're they should be getting, but it's the best that we can give them right now. And then you have these other districts that are just flat out saying we're not going in because and we're it, saving pretty, lives. We're, yeah, which is total bullshit. It's just like, dude, like that's the job you signed up for, right? Yeah, it, it just it's not like, and I know we've talked about this before. Like you guys have been able to perform pretty much all of your duties from your living room or tie like you yeah. driving and going to certain you've been able to do that. And that's, that's no one's fault. It's just, that's just the nature of your job, right? That's the nature of Emma's job. That's the nature of Erica's job that you guys have been able to all do your jobs from where you are, because it's just that kind of job. My job doesn't work that way. Right. It's just hands it, on it's, baby. It sucks. Like I, I guess it sucks for some people, but it is what it is. You got to be in the classroom. So for those teachers that are just putting their feet down and just not, budging and making it more about themselves than about the kids that they're leaving out to dry is it's shameful. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's super shameful. That, that's, that's why I bring it up is that 20%. Sure. I, I, that's know, a lot of kids. I empathize with, right. And support all the schools that are trying to do it in the best way they can. But I, I just, I think there is a sect of, you know, kids out there that haven't had in-person learning and won't, yeah, you know, we could even see it. Like I, I, um, I heard it somewhere where like there's uh, a particular place that's like already advocating for not going back in full person next year, and it's like, what yeah. are we Dude, doing? That's, that, that, that's <laughs> a failure of not just teachers. I would say the administration. Totally, the, sure. Everyone sure. is everyone is a part to play in that decision. Absolutely, and that's. That's total bullshit. And, and, and unfortunately, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, to your point about, you know, even within these unions, I, I did say that everyone I'm sure, you know, thinks uh, about the CDC is like gospel and, you know, I can just envision them as like liberal, but they're not all the same. And you know that just like a union and like in anywhere else in life right now, I bet you it's the minority that's driving everything. It's, it's yeah, the sure. 20% of people who are, ultra passionate who are going to stand up in the union meeting and where the rest of you like i i would be like i'm just sitting back and saying nothing like i'm not, right. I'm not fighting one way or the other here like that's just not me i'm sure a lot of people are like that so yeah you're yeah. right i mean it's just i'm sure it's a part of, of the administration and just right. a loud minority of teachers who are vocalizing their opinion and my my last thing on unions is like there's a reason why unions get a bad rap yeah and you have these sure. people who are just and, I, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, 
being a part of being part of a union, being being a teacher in in a strong union like like the teachers union is nationwide, it's it's got it gets me great health care. Right. I, I, I have a lot of benefits for being a teacher, even though like the pay is not great, but there's a lot of other things that go behind it. And I, yeah. I give a lot of that credit to the union and that that's awesome. No question. But at the, at, there comes a time and I'm a delegate. So I hear a lot of, I get a lot of shit that comes to me because people just bitch and moan, dude, some of the things that people bitch and moan about, <laughs> I, I want to just like, gra- like, I want to be like, Billy Madison, when he like grabs the kid's cheeks and just like shakes the kid, like, like he's like, stay here. Like, I want to be like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like we work, we work hard for those nine months, but it's nine fucking months. Like we have good hours. We get solid pay. We have great, like, shut the fuck up. Like the, like the things that people complain about and want me to bring it to administration or bring it to the union president. It's laughable. And, and these are quintessential union people. Yeah. People that like, oh, well, my contract says I have to I come in at 750 and it says I leave at 240. I'm not lifting a finger. Before or after right. either of those times, it and doesn't and enable that behavior. It right. does. And, and those people why, ruin unions for everybody who just <laughs> yeah, have to work hard and be protected. Absolutely. Yeah. And it spits on like the whole purpose of unions. Yeah. Back in the days of like just terrible factory conditions and right. child labor. And it, it annoys the hell out of me like. I, 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 there's pros and cons, but sometimes the cons just completely outweigh the pros in terms of what I have to like, what I have to experience when people come to me with the stupidest questions and the stupidest grievances. And, um, yeah, there's a reason why unions get a bad rap. So, Hey, can I throw a a couple ad hoc (laughs) topics out there that one of them is related to unions? Sure. Sure. So I I just saw this article pop up. So everybody's favorite union buster, Amazon. Oh, they God. just announced today that all Amazon delivery drivers, which let me clarify, Amazon delivery drivers are not just not unionized. They're not even Amazon employees. They are contractors. They solely get paid to deliver Amazon packages as a contractor. No benefits, no nothing. All 75,000 of them must sign an agreement to biometric consent they're putting biometric scanners in every Amazon Prime delivery truck so they can be monitored at all times or immediately lose their job. What the? <laughs> and if they say no? Fired. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, talk about greed. You're worth how many gazillions of dollars and you need to say, I want this guy to take one less three-minute break or... <laughs> deliver things 10% faster. So I'm going to put a biometric scanner to monitor his facial recognition and everything he does throughout the day. Right. Now, if, if you talk to someone who's on the right and we talk about, you know, reasons for unionizing and why it's extremely beneficial to, you know, worker environment, worker satisfaction, yeah, workers' like that, rights. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and they'll say, well, it, you know, just let the free market handle it. Like if they don't want to work at Amazon, they can go somewhere else. How, what that's, would we that's say? That's the counterpoint. Um, they're right. They're, they're certainly right. Um, how do we, how do you overcome that by, you know, like how would crystal ball overcome that? I, I don't Probably talk you... about the fact that, you know, Amazon, you know, when you're working in the fulfillment center, like, and you're in Bessemer, Alabama, there really isn't anywhere else to go work. 
Well, I think that's the thing. It's right. It's the dissolvement of middle working class America and, and those jobs. And there's actually a really, really good episode of the realignment pod this week. Um, they had a guy who wrote a book all about the coming up of Amazon and how it's changed cities like Dayton, Ohio, from being cities that innovated and manufactured and created new products to cities that solely are valuable to companies like Amazon because they're close to other bigger cities. So they're just transit hubs and box things up and ship them. Um, and just how like Walmart and Amazon have just killed Main Street in all of these middle America cities. So super interesting, but like it's a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, you know, the Walmarts and Amazons of the world are important. Like they serve a purpose, but to, to your point you just made, like it, it's crushing opportunity for like people to start their own businesses. I mean, yeah. you can literally buy anything you want on Amazon. Like there used to be a store for a certain type of good, right? Yep. I mean, that, that's irrelevant now. Like I don't even think about going into the store. Like if I want no, something, you- I look, is it on Amazon? Sweet. Right. That, that, that's your first delivery. That's your Bang. first instinct now. Exactly. Like why and, the and hell I, would you jump in the car and like, I'm, I'm a big store guy, but I would never think, let me find a mom and pop shop that may have this in inventory. It's, I'm going to go to Walmart, Target, Home Depot, like a place that, you know, they have it there because they have exactly. everything. Exactly. So like, yeah, dude, like when our parents were kids, when you needed something, you went to, they grew up in Coventry. You went to Main Street in um, Coventry. I don't think I had that much. Main Street in West Warwick. There was like two clothing stores, a couple of restaurants, like one bank or the Rhode Island Mall. Like that's where you got things. And now all of those are gone. Those are all businesses that were not replaced and jobs that were replaced with Walmart jobs. Yeah. Either that you gone need to be on or welfare. On, or on, yeah. Either gone or on fucking life support. I mean, dude, what is on Main Street in Coventry these days? Dave's you have Market? Like Borelli's? No, that's Route 3. Main Street, like, um, over by the little waterfall. Oh, oh, yeah, by Dave's. Like, that was considered, like, downtown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm just more thinking about what downtown would be considered now, you know, which is Route 3. Yeah. Even, like you've, then, you've even got, then, like, there's I would have expected the, a couple yeah, small shops. Right. Well, you, you know, the saying is like Main Street, right? Is that, <laughs> is that the wait? Is that, is that Main Street, right? <laughs> so it's literally like every town has a Main Street going through it. Well, I, yeah, like I know Main, that, but that was originally the heart of a, a town. I, I, I know what you're trying to say. I just don't think yeah. anyone says Main Street. Well, well that's, right? yeah, that's what I need to kind of dive in a little bit. It's uh, like what well, Walmart killed. Where Main did you Street. hear that that was a saying? <laughs> Oh, I've definitely heard like Walmart killed Main Street, Amazon killed Main Street. No, no, Main no, no. Street. Main no. Street, comma, right, question mark. I don't think he, yeah. <laughs> no, like, that's not a saying. That's not a saying. <laughs> that's exactly what you said. What you did I what say? They say Main Street, right? <laughs> that's not that's... what I meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're I trying meant... to say. Like Main yeah. Street was the, at some point. It was the town center at the creation of these towns and cities. It was like the center. So what, of what's everything. the saying again? If that if that wasn't it, what is it? It's 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 not a saying. It was just like <laughs> the word Main Street means town center or meant town center. Now it just means abandoned buildings. Yeah, and I think um, the guys in the realignment do a very good job of explaining. Like, hey, if you think about it, like, is there is this not a reason why we're 
even more divided as a society. Yeah. You don't fucking go out and interact in stores or anything like that or build relationships with small businesses. We just fucking order online from Amazon. Yeah. I mean, dude, people during COVID ordered everything online, Instacart and Amazon grocery delivery. Like people didn't leave the house, my sister and brother-in-law included for months. That's scary. And like they talked about on that pod, how I like, I get why you would do it, but you're putting somebody's life on the line who has no other option than to go pick your groceries for you. Who's probably going to go to his house where he lives with three generations and spread COVID to them. So you can have your Amazon groceries delivered to you. It's like, yeah, you're not wrong. Right. And my yeah. Marshall was like, well, I really like Whole Foods. <laughs>
this all this race stuff like honestly it is a passion of mine to like understand this shit and and like get people's opinions and on identity politics and the APs and, and the and, buy and, box. And, and just how it's like become like this business. Yeah. Like it's it just pervasive and it's just everywhere. And so like obviously the big news, uh the unfortunate news since we've last recorded, uh, was that I think how many people got killed in Atlanta? Eight. Eight people something got like shot. That. Yeah, shot eight at like three different massage parlors. Psycho. Or something. Yeah. Um, and immediately, I mean, and, and this had been kind of like a, a boiling over point of everything that has been happening, right? You've seen this rise in crime against Asian Americans, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the internet exploded. Yeah. With, you know, all the this stuff about race and white supremacy so i'm just curious like did you guys see that do you recall like you know what you were kind of thinking about when you're reading all these stories about it i mean i think i texted you guys my thoughts and they were like not half in jest because i don't want to make light of the topic but i obviously the situation in atlanta is terrible um and I think I get why it sparked so much comment about crimes against Asian Americans, but I had been seeing that for like quite a few weeks, like kind of slowly boiling up on social media. And I guess I, I don't see enough and I haven't been exposed to enough. And maybe it's me being isolated. to like kind of what's driving this. Like, is this all from like Kong flu comments and like things like that that are very like offensive and kind of um, like in bad taste is it more than that? I, I I guess where I separate this from the George Floyd Floyd incident, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this isn't as bad as you know oppression that maybe black people have faced. Is I think it's very easy as a white guy to identify and say yes, it's very clear black people are not treated as fairly as they should be. Right? It's mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Where, where I haven't seen like these repeated events make the news be put in front of us about Asian people to kind of characterize what's going on. I don't know. I know that's not like a very popular opinion to give, but I guess I just, I have more to learn. Adam. Well, yeah. And I think, cause I went back in and I kind of was trying to do some research on some more well-documented, like, I don't call it massacres. I guess it's somewhere like that. We're just, you know, targeted attacks mass on the shootings. Asian yeah. mass shootings and stuff. I don't know if anything's been as well documented as what's transpired like recently in the last, I mean, I don't know, five, 10 years. I mean, I can't think of one. I mean, there is some history and stuff when it comes to the way that Asian Americans and Asian immigrants have been treated in this country. I mean, there was like a 60 period, 60 year period from like 1882 to like world war two where very few, if any Chinese immigrants were allowed in this country. Like it was like the Chinese exclusion act. Yeah. And you know, there was like, um, this isn't, this also isn't the first time that Asian Americans have been, I guess, blamed for, a disease or a virus in like the early 1900s. And there was like a bubonic plague breakout in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And 
the first group that was blamed were Asian Americans and yeah. people were killed and, and lynched. Like it, it, it was bad. I mean, and, and obviously Japanese internment and world war two. So like, and there have been other, and I know that those aren't the same kinds of things that we're talking about right now, but like, the more I thought about it, like there definitely is a history of the way that group of people has been treated. But like, if I, I can't think of a time where like I've seen on the news that like, Oh, there was a shooting here and it was racially driven in a negative way towards Asian Americans. I, I, I don't remember the last no. five, 10 years where that's been like, well, at least well documented and, and like insanely covered like this one has been. And for good and, and reason, I mean, it should be covered. I, I don't know. Exactly. But there's no evidence. And again, unpopular opinion. There's no evidence whatsoever that this crime was racially motivated. And, and I guess no. that that's the thing. I don't, I haven't seen anything that alludes to that. Clearly, this guy is a, a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like it could have been any mis- he massage said he, parlor. He said he was a sex addict. Yeah. Okay. Like, so, they, they very specifically in every news article, like, called out, there is no evidence that this is racially motivated. And that was just right. kind of disregarded. No. But it, no, nobody, want, it nobody cares about it. that. No. Yeah. So, that, that, so Jared asked, Why? Right, because there is evidence that the rate of crimes against Asian Americans uh, have been increasing over the last several months. Um, how would how would how would one ever determine what the cause of that rise is? How would you figure that out? I. I have no idea. Pro- you probably to... have to do a lot of research, right? You have to I would think go so. into each individual case, understand where the what the motives were, what the situation was, to understand. Hey, was this a racially motivated hate? It crime? sounds awfully logical, there, Tyler. I don't like where you're going with well, this. We're gonna ride the logic train. So nobody's done that, right? Yeah, not that I know of. And instead of doing something like that. And trying to, you know, understand if there is actually a pattern and that these things are correlated, you would do like you would do that if you wanted to find out. But everyone across the board blames racism and white supremacy. Yeah. Like like flat out. Like and xenophobia, all that good stuff. Without hesitation. Yeah. With and, and I don't think, I think they all are probably in the same situation as us, where they probably can't cite too many specific examples. And if, if you look at the numbers, you see that of, and this was from 2019, because the FBI doesn't have like 2020 data released yet. But if you look at the data um, of crimes against Asian Americans, Asian Americans, or uh, excuse me, it's uh, African Americans are the most likely to commit crimes against Asian yeah. Americans, so St- that, statistically speaking. Right. Yeah, right? I've, I've actually seen that. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, Asian Americans uh, as a category in that statistic are unique because the first two, like in every other case, it's always white on white crime, right? Or black on black crime. That's the most prevalent. But for Asians, they're actually third on their own list. And it's African Americans and then white or Caucasian. Um. So, I, I mean, I haven't seen that brought up anywhere when we're talking about this being 
a symptom of systematic white supremacy. No, right? and, and I, 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 think, I haven't. I haven't seen it anywhere. I, I think in topics like this, it's you got to be careful when you're trying to reference like large sample size data because it's a very emotion driven topic, right? Like with George Floyd, I, I didn't like when people would come back and say, well, technically more white people are shot by black people by police officers. Like I, I get it, but that's not the point, right? I, I think you're not going to rationalize or reason with somebody who's clearly upset about what's going on by giving them data. So, so I, I get what uh, you're then saying. How do you have a, a, an argument about it? Because I, I, I think I, I don't hear me out. I don't yeah. think there's anything to argue. I think as of now, like the PC way I would handle it is, Hey, I would love to learn more about why you feel Asian American people, our, are either facing an increase in crime or an increase in discrimination or, or whatever you feel. And they would say it's, it, it's systematic racism. It's white supremacy. Then what do you say? Then it, and then if, if they say like, if it's literally that high level and there's, they can't share that's any all examples. I've been, that's, that's kind of all it's been though. Mo. That's all it's been. I, I, I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you guys at the media level. I'm agreeing with you there where I guess where I was thinking of is like, if I'm actually talking to an Asian person who actually feels this way, because I've seen some of them on social media. Like, do they have maybe experiences they've heard about in their community that's not reaching the Breonna Taylor level of news or George Floyd level of news that maybe we're just not aware of? If so, it'd be great for us to learn about it. If not, then I think you're right, Ty. Then it's okay. Then it's really just another group of people trying to take advantage of being the victim and play the victim card to get some some love. Do you think it does more harm than good to just wholly label not only the rise in crime, but the crime, like the horrific crime of, you know, six Asian women and two other people murdered, just blanket statement. It's racism. Like, do you think that helps the discourse? I think that just paints the narrative. Yeah. In a good way, in a, no, in a helpful it, way. Not in a helpful way. It paints oh, the narrative yeah. that the media wants to drive of divisiveness and, social justice for our oppressed brethren so will they ever actually try to understand what is actually happening in these cases no but i don't think they ever cared to understand they didn't care to understand about george floyd and brianna taylor they said let's fucking change the name of the redskins like it's a real like they don't actually media and politics and these people don't actually care about improving anything with this so when, for when them, is this when is this going to end then when when are we going to see a stop to you know this white supremacist narrative like a, a, literally a narrative that our country is filled with white supremacists and that if you are white you are racist i don't think it's quite that far of a narrative but i get your point but, i get dude, your point if you've read any of the critical race theory books that are referenced in coca-cola's training or you know in curriculums uh that adopt the 1619 project they basically say that white whiteness is a pandemic yeah and, and i to have as much credibility in that as i do fucking Vitwan division like this is not reality but it is reality in the social in the public square in a very specific public square. I think if you were to talk to 
anybody else in our social circles, they would probably have the same curiosity as we do of like, hmm, what's going on? I'd like to learn more, not immediately rush to everybody's a white supremacist. I, I think you're right. I agree with you. And, and this is totally a media-driven thing, and that's why I'm bringing it media up. Media and social media. And social media, right? But you, like, we all know that that all like those institutions of, you know, uh, corporate media and social media, they control what's discussed at, you know, especially when it comes to like politics and stuff like that. That's what drives everything. Yeah. So we're all going to be subjected to this because that's the public square that everybody hears. Like, and I get it. Like we should just ignore it. Right. I mean, and in a day-to-day sense, I very much do. I, I go along with you know my merry and, life, and I guess that's not even like the hill I'm I'm trying to die on. I just I hesitate to very absolutely say that this is all made up in a lie, because unless we've actually like heard from the people who started these stories and like seeing what they're going through because i think if we really do say uh this is all bullshit because we haven't seen any of it and we haven't been exposed to it say that i mean we've pretty much just said it it's a media driven narrative that it's racism yeah it's not a media driven narrative that crimes are on the rise i'm just saying it's a media driven narrative and a social media driven narrative and a political narrative that it's being driven by Donald Trump and white supremacist. Yeah, I, I definitely don't like the trying to tie it to Donald Trump and, and the white supremacist, but I, I do think they're to your point saying it's about racism and all of that. But but I think we can't so say. So I'm not saying it's bullshit. I'm, of course it. I'm sure there are many cases where it is specific to Asian people because there are bigoted people that live in our country, and they do horrific things all the time. It's terrible, but to, to, to just, your point, right. To just do this performative stunt without really knowing the, what the underlying truth of any of this is, why exactly it happened. To me, it just yeah. does so, it just does so much more harm than good. In my opinion, I, I don't it, disagree with you at all there. I, I think I was all misunderstanding your as point. As a knee jerk reaction to everything that we see and feel is to first look at race. Yeah. And I think that is so toxic for our society that it, I, it's become a passion. I, I agree. It's, it's just going to show more divisiveness. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's the yep. lead story on MSM, MSNBC and CNN it's, for days and days and days. It's our, our presidents making um, announcements about it and press conferences about it. You saw about Asian American yeah, safe spaces. Like, um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, that's why right. it, it's, and I say it's a passion of mine. It sounds like, okay, dude, sound like a white supremacist. <laughs> like, it sound, you sound like you're just trying to tear down the minority. You have a passion to no. understand. You have right. a passion to I, understand. I have a passion to, like, condemn and root out, like, actual acts of racism so that hopefully it becomes less and less pervasive in our society. What has happened yeah. now is so far from reality like the Alexi McCammon story in Teen Vogue. Like those tweets yeah. are written by a 17-year-old on Twitter. Who is trying to be funny. 
Right. Yeah, that's not and racism. She's fired from her job. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> and 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 it's and it's widely accepted as okay in today's day and age because you can't. We need to be anti-racist. And yeah. so that's I, when I when I say I'm passionate. That's what I mean. Like I think this is ruining the social discourse and fabric when it comes to you know of what's made America America free speech and, right. and debate and the, the ability to think differently right isn't that what started America freedom of religion right and I mean do I think you should be the person that's saying like this is bullshit like it's 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 not racism America's not racist like that's not what I'm saying at all all I'm saying is how have we come to the point right now where everyone I Everything I everywhere I look, everything I read says that there is a rise in white supremacy and that it's to blame for this mass shooting and everything that's happened over the last year. Like, yeah. how have we come to that point? Where where have these discussions been had? Where have the dots that's been thing. connected? They, like, they, it's they haven't. And, and they'll Korea. say to, and they'll say to me like, "Dude, you're racist." Yeah, well, that's gonna, that's what I was just gonna say. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. They've they've taken away the ability to have an open, honest, well-intended conversation about anything remotely controversial. Exactly. Which and I not think even this controversial. Was. Just a- anything remotely that will ruffle anybody's feathers. Right. Like this shouldn't right. be controversial at all. All I'm saying yeah. is like, wouldn't it help us all more to understand like really what's going on and and how does it please explain to, to me how it helps society yeah. by labeling everything under the guise of white supremacy and racism. Like it just, and if you, it, it if, absolves if, all the other yeah. like causes. The actual issue, issues. Right. Well, and, and the people and that talking are talking about them, the people that are condemning everyone ties white supremacists and racists at, at the drop of a hat are, are not trying to help society. They're trying to virtue, virtue signal yeah, from the no, right. top of the mountains and just yeah. make sure that, hey, just so everyone's aware. But they think it's helping society. They think I, they're, they're warriors. I, I, right. They're social I'm sure justice, it, literally warriors. Yeah. Like they're out there trying to cancel people because they think it saves society. Well, we, I think most rational people would tell you that that's that's wrong. I mean, they're yeah, they're certainly I mean, not. If you look over the last year, like you got murders are up thirty percent in twenty twenty. It was like five hundred and fifty more murders or something like that. I'm not going to quote exact stats. I believe it was a thirty percent increase in murders, not attributed to any race. There's overall violent crime went way up. In 2020 so, or 2020? 2020. Like, okay. Through, like over the last year. For, you know, got it. Year date. Got, um, got it. Do, have, can we see like other statistics? Like are all like races being neg- like negatively impacted by this surge in violent crime and murders? Or is it vastly disproportionate to Asian Americans? You know what I mean? Like wouldn't that be yeah. something that we would want to have as a part of this discussion? Well, it would it would also dampen their narrative, the the, the woke narrative. So I don't see that. That's happening. the thing. But I, I agree, Ty. But is I, that I think is having... that ever? So let, let me ask a, a point of question: Is that ever not going to be the case? Are we ever going to get to a point where we're not saying, "Oh, but you know, you can't do that because of the woke because of the woke mob because you get canceled and you get fired from your job." I mean, I certainly I don't know. Hope I don't know how we get out of it. 
Well, you saw How what happened to it? Adam sent it to us. You saw what happened to the girl who was leading the charge to get Alexia McCammon fired from her job, right? Came back Poetic to bite her. Justice. Well, we yeah. don't know if it came back to bite her. How is that woman not fired exactly. by the same the standards? This <laughs> we, woman's I don't tweets think, were way, way worse. I don't think anything happened to her. Because the woke mob I, didn't go after her. Exactly. I mean, it's... Yeah. So will, but, will but it that, ever that's end? That's the scare... That's the scary I would part. Like to hope, I would like to hope it doesn't because it hasn't always been like this. It, it's just social media. It hasn't always it been like this. It's so how, how do we find our path out of this knowing if you tr- ever try to say start a think tank or a nonprofit or anything to talk about these controversial topics, you'd immediately be called a racist and a bigot and canceled. Yeah, like you, there are, there are um, like a, a couple. It's like... A, a, it's almost like a community. There's like, you know, this African-American community who are like, hey, we're fighting back against this whole like anti-racist shit because it's racist. And we're going to talk about the real problems and what's what can yeah, actually real, help real racism. Yeah. And what can actually be solved to help. And I'm fascinated by that. It that that's the only way out of this. You're right. They're, it, and they're canceled, dude. Like from- they. They're Uncle Tom's. Like that's what of they get called. Are. It's oh, it's just God. It, it's it's the most wild thing, and I, it's just so wild to me because it's just exploded. It's just so it's just so mainstream, and I mean they keep they keep changing the goalposts, and that's why like I don't think it's gonna stop anytime soon. Like Nicole Hannah Jones, who works at the New York Times, who is the uh, author uh, or co-author of the 1619 Project. Yeah. This is her this is her tweet. Um, someone, you know, responded to something she had said. Um All right, so, so someone tweets, "These days I'm reminded quite often that you do not have to be white to support white supremacy." I, I don't really understand that tweet, but <laughs> I don't get that either. The, the um so Nicole Hannah Jones responds, she said, "Also, whiteness is not static and it is expandable when necessary." A lot of folks we don't think of as white think of themselves as white because the lines have never been entirely clear. That's the beauty of white supremacy. It is extremely adaptable. I literally can't wrap my mind around what what that means. And I'm not that dumb. But dude, this is somewhat like school curriculums have adopted the 1619 project as a part of their curriculum. And this is who authors it. Someone who thinks white supremacy is static and adaptable and can be applied when necessary. What do we do? (laughs) I mean, I I just don't understand. Get rid of social media. Exactly, Adam. Or at least delete it off our phone so we're ignorant enough to not know happened. But this never, these kind of things never happened until social media became what it is today. Like and and social media has driven people in popular culture to adapt to the same sure. thoughts, right? Like listen yeah. like think about if you're sitting on your couch and you're you want to watch a late night comedy show and this is what you get. This is truly horrifying. Eight people dead, six of them Asian women. And soon we'll learn all about them and who they were in life, but all we know right now is that they are dead and a 21-year-old white man with a gun killed them. And 
what's been sad about the story is not just the loss of life, but all of the auxiliary things that have been happening around the story. You know, like one of the first things that's been the most frustrating for me is seeing the shooters say, oh, it wasn't racism, it was sex addiction. First of all, f- you, man. You killed six Asian people. Specifically, you went there. If there's anyone who's racist, it's a mother who kills six Asian women. Your murders speak louder than your words. Six Asian women were killed. And you know, in a way, what makes it even more painful is that we saw it coming. We see these things happening. People have been warning. People in the Asian community have been tweeting. They've been saying, please help us. We're getting punched in the streets. We're getting slurs written on our doors. We're getting people coming up to us just saying, thanks for, thanks for COVID. Thanks for spoiling the world. Thanks. We've seen this happening. And while we're fighting for it, there are many people who've been like, oh, stop being so woke and so dramatic. Kung flu, come on, ha, 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 It's just a joke. Yeah, yeah, it's a joke that has come at one of the most tense times in human history. You knew that something like this could happen. If you just apply your mind, you know that it's going to happen. This guy didn't go and kill these women by mistake. It wasn't, a, it's like he, he knew what he was doing. And it's so frustrating to see this keep happening in America over and over again. America sees things coming. It knows something is gonna happen, but it does nothing to stop it. But then it's all, all, all in on saying, oh, so tragic, oh, so true. Who could have predicted this tragedy? Anyone who was looking at it could. Why are people so invested in solving the symptoms instead of the cause? America does this time and time again. A country that wants to fight the symptoms and not the underlying conditions that cause those symptoms to take effect. Racism, misogyny, gun violence, mental illness. And honestly, this incident might have been all of those things combined because it doesn't have to be one thing on its own. America is a rich tapestry of mass shooting motivations. Like imagine now 17,000 retweets, 45,000 likes. And he just said, of, of course he's racist. Of course that's why he did it. Yeah. Like that that's crazy to me. And it, he attributes it directly to people saying Kung flu and the Chinese virus. He's saying that's why these women were murdered. And it's not surprising to hear somebody like Trevor Noah, like all those guys now are just talking heads, guys and gals on late night talking head comedy well, shows. Here's the spokesperson for the White House. Yesterday I was asked, which was a good question, if we thought that the former president's rhetoric had contributed to uh, the um, actions or the um, the discrimination against Asian Americans. And I said, we do, because rhetoric, uh, certainly from the... the um, the massive megaphone you have from the White House is something that is heard across the country. And it's important to then be thoughtful about the words you use and how you convey uh, opposition to discrimination of any kind. Uh, that was the answer. The question I was answering, uh, the president is and the vice president are meeting with leaders of the Asian American community tomorrow. Uh, they, the president raised the rhetor- the, his concerns about rhetoric about attacks, about threats against the Asian American community in the country during his prime time address. He signs an executive order. He's asked his members of administration to uh, listen, hear, think about policy solutions. I would say he's his. So again, 
directly attributes Asian violence to Trump's rhetoric. It's just like, you're the White House. Don't you think it's irresponsible to be making connections like that? What, what was the specific question she was asked? It wasn't violence. It was something else about Trump's rhetoric. Is, does Trump's rhetoric... I, I agreed with her first sentence. ...to uh, the um, actions or the... Uh, the had thought that the former president's rhetoric had contributed to uh, the um, actions or the um, the discrimination against Asian Americans. And yeah, like I totally believe that his actions definitely probably increased discrimination against Asians. I would not disagree with that. I would not go. Do you think that's an appropriate? Do you think that's an appropriate thing for the spokesperson of the White House to say? They're not appropriate, man. They're partisan. I'm just asking no, it's you. Not I'm appropriate. not But but okay. it's yeah. But no, that's, it's not appropriate. What I but to... it's not surprising. Yeah. I, I... So like it, it this is what I mean. This cool is this is Trump to be saying the Kong flu and shit. Like that. That <laughs> I'm not, not. Yeah. Cool. I'm not defending him saying that. Let me be clear. <laughs> I'm just saying. I am not. Why are we ready to make this giant leap from someone calling something the Kung flu to someone murdering? Yeah. I agree with Asian you. women or, you know, someone burglarizing. Like if you, how, how many crimes do you think happened of all different diversities, right? That aren't white. Like, what do you think tr our Trump supporters are labeled as, right? White, white supremacists. Yeah. So if all of a sudden it's Asian on Asian crime or African-American on Asian crime or whatever, is that, can that, can we still attribute Trump calling it the Kung flu to, turning them out on the streets and punching uh, an Asian woman in the face. Is that a connection They're you can make? Try. They're going to try and connect it's it. It's a good dot to connect for them to back up their narrative. So, I mean, in the soul of the nation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, social media is wholly to blame, but like th these characters are a part of it, of driving the division in society. Sure. Yeah, I so, can't argue with that. Uh, uh, let's move on from uh, laborious topics. So uh, laborious. What do, what do we got for uh, stay woke? All right, get, get me woke. Let's get woke, people. All right, first on the hot seat, the woke hot seat is space travel. Space travel. So we all we're all aware of Elon Musk and his company. Uh, SpaceX, they've been ramping up their, you know, efforts to eventually one day inhabit Mars. So uh, an article was written titled, Do Black Lives Matter in Outer Space? So in, a, in pretty much, I won't read the, I'll, I'll read one part from the article in a second, but in general, uh, the, the writer was uh, pretty much saying that the timing of the SpaceX launch, I think this took place I think it took place around like May, I want to say, May or June of last year. I want to say like that first initial launch. Um, that launch and the George Floyd killing are, quote, undeniably tethered. And pretty much the writer compares space colonization or like the, the hopes of space colonization to the European American imperialism here on Earth. 
Um, and the quote I got is, though SpaceX is a private company with its sights fixated on colonizing an ecology beyond the bounds of Earth's atmosphere, it is nonetheless implicated in these contentions about racism. So even our explorations to different planets and galaxies are not safe from wokeness. So, so hopefully Elon Musk considers that when he decides who is going to go up to space with them. Or maybe not with him. I don't think he's going because he's not that dumb, I guess. But yeah, have we ever had black astronauts. We have, right? Yeah, we've I'd had, assume so. I've, we've had several different minority group uh, astronauts. I think with the Mars, I think that this is like you know, this would be like us buying a flight to Texas. I think that that's what he's hoping for. So will racism be in space? So we haven't. We haven't really figured out how to get someone on Mars yet, but we're we're thinking ahead of the game and making sure that we don't take our white supremacy with us when we go up there. Um, next is on the hot seat is font choice. It's interesting. The um, the article is titled "Is your font choice based on your white privilege?" I don't know about you guys. I'm more of like. A, I mean, we all type, like, what was the font you guys would choose? Like Times New Roman or Arial? That or was the one we always Arial. had to use like in school, yeah. Times Arial New Roman. Or, yeah. I think Arial's the default. Comic yeah. Sans is another one. You wrote in Comic Sans. Big Comic Sans guy. <laughs> well, fucking Port, Cam wrote in size font. Comic Sans. Two, two uh, spaces. Yes. Big Comic Sans guy. Well, we should probably double check what font we use next time guys when you, you type your next email or your, it's Arial. your next report is it Arial? yes what did i say no my when i type it's an it's Arial, oh it's an so Arial. sorry just okay give me a heads up if i'm gonna need to sounds a lot like it. arian when you say it like that so just oh, be careful. Shit. um but no no Arial i think is okay but there's another choice of font that i guess was very popular with the nazis um a lot of their propaganda um, during the rise of Hitler was used uh, with black letter, which I don't I haven't checked my computer to see if like that's an actual font anymore. But I guess, you know, it, this, having that consistent font and a lot of uh, the propaganda perpetrated by the Nazis made this person wonder if the font you choose determines whether or not you have white privilege. And this person referenced uh, this Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt design back in 2002 that i guess offended many people it had some like you know asian type font i guess and it was like i think the i, I forgot what the phrase on the shirt was like two wongs make a thing <laughs> or something i mean i i i, I the, the pictures on the article it doesn't look great and i can understand why people would have been a little upset but their statement was these graphic T-shirts were designed with the sole purpose of adding humor and levity to our fashion line. Since some of our customers have been offended by their content, we are pulling these shirts. So in other words, just be careful what kind of font you guys use, guys, because you might be perpetuating your own white privilege. Noted. Um, Very careful. Be careful. All right, next on the hot seat is men who don't wear jackets when, when it's cold outside. Uh, <laughs> so Definitely not Jared. No, he's double, he's double bundled. Jared's I wear as many up. jackets as possible, dude. Yeah, it made me think of the last time we drove up to Vermont and like we parked outside like a supermarket that was literally like a 30 second walk. And Jared got out of the car. It was cold out, it was very cold. 
but we were literally walking like 15 seconds to Jared put on his coat, put on his gloves, put on his hat for a 15 second walk to the store, which then he took all of it off as soon as he got in. So, for reference, he, he looks like yeah. a infant child when you bundle said infant <laughs> child up like for their first time outside in the, in the cold weather. All right. All right. But anyway, so you, you're safe from At this. At least I know I'm not a white supremacist. That's I'm well. Safe. I was, I was going to say, Mo, you're in the clear here because uh, <laughs> Jessica at sentient Jessica is her Twitter handle says the following men who don't wear jackets in cold weather do so with the express intent of intimidating women and to make women feel like lesser beings. If you see a man who is not wearing a jacket when you're cold, then call them out for his toxic masculinity and ego violence. Hashtag toxic masculinity. So that really has nothing to do with white privilege, but you don't have to worry about toxic. I mean, I almost agree with her. Like if I see someone, if I see someone like, yeah, if I go to the golf course and I see someone in shorts and a t-shirt and it's 45 degrees. Well, I think that's just like, you're an asshole, man. (laughs) So there's always that one guy that like wears shorts. Like, like, um, when I, when I, um, sent you guys that video of that place, Wayland Square that we were in, uh, the outdoor thing for uh, St. Patty's Day. There was a dude, and there's always one who had like a thicker t shirt on and cargo shorts. Call him out. I should have. Super toxic. So render your toxic masculine. Yeah. Hey, asshole. <laughs> hey, you fuckface. Put some goddamn pants on. <laughs> um, And the last one I have, this one is basketball related. I almost brought it up earlier when we were talking about March Madness, but I I wanted to save it here. So obviously, if anyone has watched any sports, you know, it's been dominated by athletes, coaches, staff, all wearing masks or mask equivalents. Okay. It could be gators or whatever. And clearly like basketball, like they're all tested, like they're tested like every fucking day. So like they know for the most part, like 99% of the time who, you know, who's safe to play, who's not. Yeah. That includes refs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you, we, we see that a lot of these coaches like have their mask off, like 90% oh, of the time. It, they they only have it joke. on when they're yeah. not screaming. Exactly. Um, so this uh, sports reporter, Pat 40, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, heard of him, but he puts out privilege. this very aggressive tweet. Um, on Sunday night, you know, after a few uh, upsets occurred, um, some high profile coaches, which I'll get to in a second. The tweet was, quote, not saying this is a casual relationship. But the three coaches who seemed the least interested in wearing masks this season were Brad Underwood of Illinois, Bob Huggins of West Virginia and Chris Beard of Texas Tech. Gone, gone, gone. So pretty much there's a direct correlation. Or he wants them fired. No, no, no. Meaning like they were they're booted out of the tournament. Like they lost. All all those teams lost. Sorry. All of those teams lost. And he's pretty much saying, like, I'm not saying there's a relationship. But there pretty much is a relationship that if you don't wear your mask, you're gonna lose basketball games. So he was getting a little flack. Losers don't wear masks, man. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's it. That's relatively short. Stay woke segment. Not not too much wokeness going on right now. A lot of it's being 
you well, know, I think we uh, Asian American. Yeah, we, we, I think we, we hammered that woke bell. For... I think so. I think so. So <laughs> we're about as woke as we could possibly be, yeah. and we'll, we'll, this will hold us over until next episode. I might not sure. even fucking publish this one. <laughs> Wait, this one might get us canceled. Oh, um, all right, all so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna axe Jared's. Oh, only because it's. What do you mean? Up, we're running up on time. Aren't you tired, Mo? Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll save yours. And we'll do mine, which okay. is quicker and dumber. So, Perfect. okay. This won't, I, I won't play the music because it won't be really an introspective moment. But, um, so I'm, I watched this movie called uh, The Sound of Metal uh, over the weekend. And it's about um, like this drummer who goes deaf, like loses. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen that's on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, has to like totally re figure out his life and it was like it was brutal to watch <laughs> and you know i was just thinking like i think erica actually so i'll give her credit erica asked me she's like shout out to erica yeah um <laughs> what did she say she's like um because they in the movie they talked about how like you it's hereditary you would pass it on or something like that um and Erica was like, "Would you have a kid knowing that there's like a ninety five percent chance that he's gonna live life like deaf?" And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. That's not. It's a, it's a hard one to answer like really quickly." So I'll I'll turn to t- no no. So what so what I wanted to do? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spice the question up a little bit here. So the question is. Would you rather you have to pick one? You have to live life from here on out. So from he- now until you die, you are either instantly deaf, instantly blind, or instantly lose two limbs. And you can pick. You can pick an Jesus arm and a leg, two Christ. legs, two arms. I go deaf. Hearing aids are pretty damn good these days. Nope. No, you're deaf. You're deaf to the point of no you return. You don't get any hearing aids? Oh. Well, that, that, well that's not a thing. So I'll explain aid. it this way. In, in the movie, he gets a hearing aid, and it's worse than being deaf. Why? Wow. Because he's a drummer, right? I mean, it, it was no, no. He wasn't drumming anymore. He was just walking in the streets, oh. and it picks up everything. Like, you don't hear your own thoughts anymore. All you hear is, like, scrambling of noises inside your head. I don't think right. that always happens. I know a lot of people who have had, had Well, that's the picture I'm painting, had. all right? So I'm trying to fucking weasel your way out of this question. <laughs> it's painful so no it's, matter what. It's lose two limbs, deaf or blind. Oh, dude, those are all awful. Oh, yeah. Well, I really I'd still, wanted to have one I, be kind of awesome and then the other two would just be awful. I, I'd still probably go deaf because sign language is better than not being able to see or not be able to walk. Yeah, but you're only going to know sign language with like a handful of people. Well, it wouldn't it be the That's, people that like you're closest with anyway. I know, but I'm not learning the sign language. Would you, with Jared would you guys learn that. sign language from me? I <laughs> don't just be like, nah, dude, read my lips. Ready? <laughs> there was actually a guy in the, like i don't these aren't like real characters but i assume they like did their research there was a guy who like would read lips and was like unreal at it 
would just know everything you're saying and be able to respond just by reading. Your I'm lips. terrible at it. That's impressive. Yeah. So Wait, what, what, what just, were the uh, so deaf, blind, <laughs> or I lose two? Speaking limbs. of fucking deaf for the third time, <laughs> yes, those are the options. You're, you're, you're talking to the guy that's been to the school. Oh, what? That, you, that, that that's been to the school of of the deaf several times in his childhood. So I, I did you really? Oh yeah, like I had some. I I, I had was dude with those, with those to have some hearing problems back in my day. You have and two satellite out, dishes on your head. How the I hell know do you it have doesn't make any problems? sense, dude. I have fucking <laughs> elephant ears. How could I You're possibly so have a hearing slow. problem? I think. The, the, <laughs> no, listen, think, mom. I'm hearing thoughts, every everything's coming through perfectly fine. It's just takes it just me takes, a little while to so process. Mom, everything. there's there's this little guy up there. <laughs> he's all by him. He's all by his lonesome, and he's grown with and me. He, so like this he's one guy bigger. pushing all the buttons, ma. He's he's gotten a lot bigger and stronger over the years, but early on he was just a little guy. So he he was. He was just turned around, just saying, "Ken, we got to we got to do something." <laughs> Our son is deaf. He's either deaf or autistic. They, they, they yeah, just, they, just, they just determined that I just wasn't listening, and that was it. Which I guess holds true today, because I can have selective hearing. But anyway, um, I think I think being. <laughs> Sounds less worse than the other things. I would say deaf. Yeah, because like if you are, do, if you take two blind. limbs off me, like I, you can't do any sort of recreational activity. And then if I can't see, well, would there be any? Would there be any chance we could be like Oscar Piarii or whatever his name was, and be like <laughs> the, able to story with with, with Pistorius. Is this? With, yeah, I was just saying, not even Pistorius. close. <laughs> Would there be any chance if we had prosthetic legs, we could still run? Dude, some oh, people true. have the prosthetic you know legs. Right, dude. Oh, is that like part of it or? But I don't think it's that easy. Like my grandma, when she no, had her prosthetic legs happen when she was old, but she she never walked again after she got her prosthetic legs. No, we got to get those like springs that those sprinters have. <laughs> dude, some I mean, of yeah. them are faster Adam would than love act- that, dude. dude. <laughs> Adam, be- I feel like us. <laughs> What are those? What are those <laughs> mythical creatures that are like half human, half goat? I would feel like that. A centaur? I would, no, I think centaurs are like half human, half horse. I'm thinking of like. Oh, sorry, big fucking difference. <laughs> it's it's a little different, no, you idiot. <laughs> but yeah, I think some people that have got the springs. I don't. I probably they're probably not called springs. I'm a bit. I'm you were butchering that. Thousand percent getting canceled. Yeah, but like. They, I've seen cases where like they're faster than like regular sprint, like people with actual like legs. Oh, Oscar could, one could <laughs> Oscar who? PR. Peoria. Peoria. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd still pick. I'd rather just be uh, deaf. Yeah, I Me don't too. know. That, I'm glad you brought up the prosthetics. I I may do. I, like, I say if you can't have hearing aids, you can't have prosthetics. That's a good point. Cause yeah, but I said you can have hearing aids, but the hearing aid, like you're deaf to the point where this guy was deaf. Like he would put the hearing aid on and it would just, it'd be awful. Like, but doesn't having the hearing like aid that. equate to getting prosthetics? Well, getting prosthetics, as Jared mentioned, is like you don't just get prosthetics and then you're like, boom, baby, we're back. And you start <laughs> like running around the house. Like it's incredibly difficult. Years of physical therapy and occupational therapy to be able to walk. But, but oh man! Once again, another topic we're all very qualified to be to be discussing. I would still say deaf. 
You still going with Def tie or, or sorry, are you going with Def tie? Are you still gonna are you gonna get the uh, no, prosthetics? I'd, yeah, I'd say chop the old legs off. <laughs> really? Chop yeah, because I because I could get like I know my, you know I would make my dad you, you'd my brother. love being in a wheelchair. Dude. You <laughs> yeah. fucking thrive. <laughs> you be the guy in the rascal. Snacks delivered to you. <laughs> So I would uh, become yeah. like the the guys from Wally, you know, like floating around. And have you guys seen Wally? Yeah, yeah, like those amorbous blobs, like on those little hovercraft. Because it's been like years. How did your mind years. just go there? Because it just made me think of people who didn't have to walk anymore, and they just let themselves go. So that's what just made me think. If I didn't have to walk at all, that and I just go wheeled around everywhere. I can't imagine you- that I would be healthy. Well, what does it no. matter at that point? I mean, you don't have any legs, dude. But- <laughs> I can get jacked at jacked upper body. You see a lot of people in wheelchairs that have like cannons, like those yeah. tries. Well, so what I was gonna say was I just guilt my dad and my brother and like make them feel terrible and I'd be like, You guys have to push me around like on the golf course <laughs> in the wheelchair. And I can I can still swing the club. I can just like nudge down to the edge. Well what they gotta still, do is I'll get club what- size for me. <laughs> Or, or you can just get like one of those wheelchairs that just like lift up and uh, you can get your full swing in still. We're certainly I'm, getting canceled for this episode. Uh, should I publish this? Maybe we should think about it. Before, maybe we should listen to it one more time before we do it. <laughs> there are several communities that will be coming after us possibly if... Uh, this, this reaches I mean, if, I, if I get canceled and fired, I'm just gonna go live in a van. It's almost like, like look, Mo, you want to get canceled, Mo, deep down. You want to, no, I don't, I don't, like, don't want to get canceled from society. But if I got laid off and got a fat severance package, I wouldn't be that mad. Yeah, but we're too irrelevant to get canceled from society. Like, yeah, I, I think we're too, we're, we're too irrelevant to too get much canceled credit. from our jobs, but especially society. Yeah. Ooh, parlay update. First one hit. Let's fucking go. Let's ride. Let's ride. Bet seventeen to win. To win how much? Seventeen ninety three to win one hundred twenty seven. Let's go. Like I got my first one. We're gonna lose Adam pretty shortly here. He's not gonna have time to come on the pod. He's gonna be making money at all hours of the night. I've created a monster. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Turn all those winnings into Bitcoin. Oh yeah, big time. Mining for Bitcoin. Mo, you got to get on the Bitcoin train with us. Just a little, maybe, maybe a little play money, but at that point, yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's well, all I'm what's, doing. But what's the point then? If I See, put hundred bucks in there, money, it's not you want your move play money to double? Yeah, but a hundred bucks to two hundred bucks, it's not going to oh, make okay. my dick I'm hard. Not talking a hundred dollars, <laughs> talking a little more than a fucking hundred dollars, you cheap fuck. Then I don't want to just burn five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. I'm certainly not putting a thousand dollars in there. Stocks I don't want a thousand dollars only go there. up. Yeah, Bitcoin is not a <laughs> stock. It. It's imaginary on the internet. Uh, maybe on, one of these the days. Show. Maybe one of these days. All right, sign us off. I love you guys.